We can call audio. Tune in, tune in, tune in, This week in car audio, audio. Tune in, tune in, What we talking about, bass? Talking about chips, talking about rings. You ain't got them, zip your lip. You got a problem, you ever found? Check your grounds. The show about to start. Start. Tune in, tune in, tune in, tune in, tune in, tune in. Welcome to This Week in Car Audio with your host, the judge, Doug Stockton, and co-hosted by Mr. Jeffrey Fernandez, world traveler, freaking all over <laughs> Southern California, trying to show off and, and get some guys to go to world finals and all that stuff. How's it going, Mr. Jeffrey? I'm only local to North America. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't been outside of North America with my world travels. So, <laughs> all right. Um, anything happened last weekend for you, or this upcoming weekend, or where are we at? Uh, this coming weekend on Sunday, we're gonna have a triple point DB drag racing event at Crossfire Car Audio in Grapevine, Texas. Again? Yes, again. We need the shows. We need to build up this area that was uh, predominantly another organization uh, based. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I seem to think uh, it's it's getting there. Um, but uh, yeah, so also on just on the calendar. Um, we, sharing? Sorry about that. I, I, I forgot oh, I was sharing. I, I thought you were going to tell me I'm still on mute. But, again? Uh, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a show coming up, the same location here in Grapevine, Texas, uh, May 13th. It's going to be a triple uh, triple point event uh, sponsored by Team Voodoo Customs. Um, it's going to be Steve De Los Santos, uh, Santos Memorial for his late son. Um, he's going to have a triple point event again here at uh, Crossfire headquarters, Grapevine, Texas. He's looking for food vendors. It's also going to be dual organization. Uh, Yusaki's going to be here as well. Um, Shane is going to be here uh, running the Yusaki part of the event. Um, and also, Another event that just hit the calendar is uh, on uh, Saturday, May 20th. I'm going to be back in Cali. They want me back in Cali, <laughs> um, back at the same location as it was uh, last month. It's or actually earlier this month, but uh, Bloomington, California, Team Gorilla Hertz guys, Robert Gallegos, Adrian Hernandez, uh, they're wanting to put on another triple point event. That's also going to be a dual organization. Um, it's going to be myself doing the DB drag as well as Richard um, Papasan. Base Wars. Papasan, yes. Yeah, I actually so. contacted him and asked him if he wanted to uh, participate at Autorama, and uh, he never even acknowledged my existence. Hmm. So, well, hey, you know, I like I said, I'm trying to uh, share that. I think uh, the more people we have, the better off we're going to be as a car audio community. I agree. Uh, me too, sir. Um, I got Autorama coming up, right? So yeah. Autorama, big deal. You might be coming. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at flights right now. I'm looking at flights. There's there's like crazy <laughs> layovers. It's like I fly into either Denver or Vegas, and I have like this seven-hour layover, and then we fly into Sacramento. So I'm like, 
I'm hoping a flight will pop up where it's just nonstop or maybe like one layover. That's not too bad. <laughs> but uh, hopefully, hopefully, we'll see. Keep your fingers crossed. I might be there. We'll, we'll see everybody there. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got Manny Alejandra popping in. Uh, Mario Anthony Perella popping in. Nice. Tiffany from Bridgetown Barbados. Uh, that's right. We're worldwide. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. So um, part of what we're talking about and being at World Finals, you got to have power management. Um, so our guest today is, uh, man, dude, I said his name like 20 times. Kevin Z. Uh, Kevin Z, he's from BioNO Power. Uh, that's company, I don't know, owner or just engineer or what he is, but he's the guy I call when I was looking for a boat battery. Um, he's very knowledgeable. Uh, Kevin, welcome to the show. Hi, welcome. Thank you uh, for inviting uh, me to the show. Uh, I'm Kevin with the BioNO Power down here in Santa Ana, uh, Orange, County, Orange County, California, um, national sales manager for the company, also do applications engineering as well. So I do a little bit of a mix of engineering and also sales management uh, at the business. And uh, we've been in business for 13 years now. And um, manufacture lithium iron phosphate batteries. Okay. Um, so, uh, um, just start with just, uh, so people understand that this isn't coming from a crazy guy. Uh, why don't you, uh, <laughs> I've already put your credentials within the, within the, uh, text, but why don't you tell everybody your credentials again, real quick? Yeah. So I did a bachelor's in electrical engineering, master's degree in electrical engineering, and also business degree in MBA as well. I worked in technology industry. It's about 20 years in tech. Um, so a mix of, I worked in the auto industry. Actually, I grew up in Detroit. Um, and so I worked in RFID, which is basically these um, chips that you put to tag things in the automotive industry and you scan them to get information out of it. It's called RFID. And that was really early on. Did that for a couple of years. Um, and then I came out to California, did graduate school. And then I got involved um, with batteries um, through uh, the owners of the business. Um, I met them um, and originally when the business first started, we were looking at kind of solar and renewable products, but the demand was actually better batteries. Um, so we found that this chemistry works out quite well. And then, so I've been in batteries actually since my 13th year. So I've been involved with, with all types of things related to, you know, you name it, it can be used for again, audio, equipment for example you can use it for telecom equipment solar storage a lot of different applications for this type of battery yeah so so originally with the uh, lithium iron phosphate um when i contacted you guys we started talking to you about it being for stereos and your uh, bms in conjunction with the battery itself wasn't going to lead it to bleed off the energy fast enough for a stereo system i believe is what we ended up coming out coming up with right yeah that's correct yep it depends on how much how many amps you're pulling out of the battery a so hundred yeah so if you're pulling you know a couple hundred amps continuous continuous um, yes. at 12 volts um you know that's quite a bit of wattage um typically for like any type of lithium battery mix that's a continuous draw you're gonna stay under 100 amps at 12 volts so um, you know, it really depends on the application, but you know, you're dealing with kind of high amperage in, in that regards. Yep. Uh, and just so you guys know, the way I met up with Kevin initially is I went to a boat show and, um, I was looking for a motor for my, um, uh, for my pontoon boat. I have a, 
um, a trolling motor on there, uh, um, a Garmin actually. At the time, I had a Minn Kota. Uh, I met with him, and he's like, well, our, our uh, batteries tend to be very good. And this was, I don't know, five years ago or so. And, um, yeah, so then I'm, I'm using these, um, what ones are those? The ones that are out of L.A., uh, full, full throttle batteries. So I had full, full throttle or uh, what's their other name? River, something river, full river. I think full river. Yeah. yeah. That's the one. So, uh, so full throttle, full river, same company. Um, so I was using one of their batteries and it was a 12 volt AGM and it weighed 96 pounds wow. and I'm going, well, I need that in my boat. And then I need a couple of 48 volt ones and I'm going, holy good Lord, I'm going to have 700 pounds of batteries in my boat. That's supposed to float on water and, uh, came across the lithium iron phosphate deal. And lo and behold, I'm running a 48 volt battery that weighs 26 pounds. Um, I think that is that what your 48 volt runs? Yeah, so the 48 volt, I think for the trolling motors, it's actually 36. Well, but, I have the 48. Um, I have a and 48. Then the and then the I also one. have the tw uh, 36. I have both yeah. of them. Yep. And so they, they're, I mean, they're really lightweight. There's like 28 pounds to 33 pounds. So, I mean, yeah. It's a it's a quarter of what you had before for sure. Yeah. And and on that, in that market, they weight's so critical on a boat. I mean, it's just oh. for the performance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so much so when before I even thought about buying batteries uh when i built my pontoon boat because i built it up from scratch um i actually in the dead center of my boat i made a battery box so that i can center the batteries in the middle of my pontoons front to back side to side uh, just because i was intending to put many hundreds of pounds in there so yeah um but the, i mean i'm still using that same area but now i got almost no weight in there comparatively speaking right yeah there's i mean it's so lightweight and they, they were saying that they have to clamp it down because if you're speeding along in a bass boat for example yeah. you have a pontoon boat but i mean they're zipping at like 60 miles an hour so yeah m mine goes 13 so 13 not, yeah, not so very fast easier. yeah it's not, not a big deal. <laughs> you gotta figure i'm running an electric uh, outboard on mine um it's about a 15 horse electric outboard so yeah. i can get up to about 13 miles an hour with it um all right, so with that being said, that's uh, basically the background there. And then now I'm um, I'm just, I don't, I don't remember if I was just like putting around on YouTube or whatnot, and I caught an article about sodium ion batteries, and I read through the whole dang thing. And um, so one of the big things is I came from Reno where they do a lot, a lot of mining, and to get lithium, mm -hmm. The chemicals needed to pull lithium out of the earth are so detrimental to the environment. Not that I am a big environmentalist kind of guy, but if there's an alternative that's equivalent and we don't have to destroy the environment and it's more prevalent. I mean, lithium is a finite item, just like gold is or anything else. You Any other mineral or something you pull out of the earth where sodium is readily available through the oceans and you know i mean just we mine sodium at a we don't destroy the earth as bad when we mine sodium out of the sea and other areas so this sodium ion thing was like going hmm very interesting so then i called up kevin i said kevin have you ever heard of sodium ion and why don't you tell me tell these guys what basically how the discussion went about the sodium ion 
Yeah, so for the sodium ion batteries, um, this is a new type of battery chemistry that's being, well, it's, you know, under like research and development right now. And the thing is, um, unlike a lithium ion battery, so sodium is another element in the periodic table. So you have, you know, a lithium ion and you have a sodium ion battery and sodium would replace the lithium in order to make the, one of the electrodes that are used in the battery. So the battery has something called a cathode, an electrode, an electrolyte, and then there's some ions that go back and forth in, in the process of discharging the battery to the equipment, to the load, whatever it is. And then you're putting energy into the battery uh, by charging it. And so the idea here is you replace that lithium with sodium because it's abundant, as you said, but there's a trade-off. So with the sodium ion battery, because of the chemical properties of sodium versus the lithium, its energy density of the resulting battery is much less. In other words, the battery has to be made much larger in order to get you the same amount of runtime compared to a lithium ion battery. But the advantage is the fact that the sodium is highly abundant, so it should be very cheap um, to make the battery, number one. Uh, so it would be cheaper than lithium ion batteries um, that are on the market. Um, and then also the fact that you're dealing with a, a highly abundant uh, mineral. I mean, salt's everywhere. So very easy to, easy to mine, as you said. You don't have to, there's no like weird uh, kind of mining that's being used for lithium um, in order to extract the content out of it. And then, um, you know, you're dealing with something that can be basically, uh, you know, still be charged, uh, probably about a thousand charge cycles. They're saying maybe 2000. Um, it's still, it's still a question mark uh, in terms of the charge cycles, but we could, you know, I'm reading it as saying it's about a thousand plus charge cycles. And you can use it, for example, in a storage application. So, for example, things that, let's say you don't need the battery to be super um, lightweight. You can you can have something that's, you know, lighter than a lead acid battery, but it's heavier than a lithium battery. It works. Um, and so uh, I was uh, doing some research on it, just double checked uh, some of my sources in the industry as well. Um, and... Uh, this could be a game changer in terms of something that could be much cheaper than what's uh, currently available. Um, solar storage is a number one application that's coming to my mind. Um, but, you know, for, for different industries as well, perhaps the cardio industry, if they get the amperage in terms of the power it can deliver, uh, it's high enough, then yeah, it could, it could, certainly, it could certainly work. Um, the circuitry can still be built around a sodium ion battery, so they just have to change some of the parameters that are used in the circuit boards that are used, uh, like lithium ion batteries, they have circuit boards inside of it called battery management system. You could adapt that, make conversions so it can work in the sodium uh, ion battery as well. And so, so just, just so you know, so in the car audio industry, um, typically it's a DIY system. Uh, there are people that make uh, lithium batteries uh, and then sell them commercially. But in general, um, guys buy the cells. They'll buy the Yilong. And what's the other one that everybody likes to buy, Jeff? It's uh, Yilong and... Um, JY Power? Is it? No, it's... No, JY Power is a brand. So anyway, uh, Yilong is probably the most common, right? And then, um, then they buy a separate BMS, uh, a, mm -hmm. a balancer. Balancer, right. And then they just put the balancer on it, and that's it. So they don't run a true BMS on it. Um, they just put a balancer in line yeah. with the lithium uh real quick uh calvin which is uh jeffrey's little troll on here <laughs> says says jeff used to work in a lithium mine uh until they got busted for child oh, labor no. laws um, that was back in the day and then the day. uh he says kevin uh the doctor said i gotta stay away from a lot of sodium 
Will this be okay? <laughs> and then yeah, he said, okay. uh, here we go. So the uh, common brands are C-Max, SPIM, LTO oh. are other brands that are very common in the car audio industry. So, all right. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to get those guys out there real quick and what it was. Yeah, no problem. Um, so yeah, there's going to be, I mean, things are going to evolve in the battery industry. It's not like the computer industry, the computer industry or everything changes every 18 months, cell yeah. phones, every 18 months, batteries are like on a 10 year timeline. Mm -hmm. um, every 10 years, there's a new battery chemistry that comes out. So it's slow. Um, but you get the gains, it comes out, then you get price adjustments, things come down. But with any other battery mix that comes in it, you know, pricing may can change, you have more options as well. Um, and so if it's a lot cheaper than a lithium battery, then you could presumably if salt so abundant, could be cheaper than lead batteries. So it's another competitor to lead acid. That and, can... and also like lead acid, um, the lead becomes toxic after you've mm -hmm. used it yeah. in a battery. Um, it, you can reuse it only so many times. Uh, I talked to um, Batcap. I don't know if you're familiar with the guys Batcap, but they work with Hawker. And, um, and anyway, so I talked to that guy back in the day, and that's one of the reasons I even called you at the start with was I, I was thinking back 2001, uh, 2000, 99, 2000, when I started in the car audio industry, I was using an, um, a lead acid. And then we had like the yellow tops, which became AGM. And then we had higher performance AGM. Then Backcap came along, which was like a hybrid of AGM. It, so they started using those little hawker cells, the ones that look like D-cell batteries. And we were able to get even more power out of a battery. And then all of a sudden came lithium ion. And so when I saw this sodium, uh, sodium ion, I was just like going, dude, I think that's the next way to go. Um, and then now we, when you and I were talking on the phone, we were talking about, uh, energy, energy density. So do you happen to have those numbers? Like what lead acid, uh, AGM yeah. and lithium and all those are com comparatively. So we go based on, um, what they call this gravimetric energy density. So, so it's basically means how many Watts, are inside per kilogram per weight. So per mass. So we, that's how we kind of identify, we, we say in the battery industry, it's the watt hours per kilogram. Okay. So how many, how much energy is there per unit mass? And so, um, lead acids about 35 to 40 watt hour per kilogram. Lithium ion is about 260 watt hours per kilogram. So it's already like on a factor of six higher for lithium ion. Sodium ions is uh, between 75 to 165. It's right in between one watt hours per kilogram. So it's between like lead acid is going to be 40. Sodium ions going to be about, let's say at the best case, it'll be 165. Lithium ion, 260. So you got something right in between right now um, that could, you know, fit the needs of the market. Um, and if the price, they're saying the price could be, um, uh, they're saying maybe like about a third of a lithium ion battery. So that's one third. So you're going to get 66% less price. That's a big deal. So 40, they're saying it's about lithium ions about uh, per kilowatt hour. It's about $137 per kilowatt hour. Sodium ion would be about 40 wow. per kilowatt hour. Yeah. So, so, so lead acid's actually more expensive. So yeah. lead acid's about $100 per kilowatt hour right now. So price of lead's going up and so this might be a, a big game changer in terms of the price yeah that's that's freaking awesome so 
and, and, and part of the reason I called you initially, too, is like I said, um, you're well versed in this industry for one and for two. So the website or the page that I read on the technical papers I read on it was they found a way to match almost within a couple of percentile of the uh, lithium ion on the sodium and you said there's no way that's happening so they were talking about running a graphite sheet between the two plates and that there increased its efficiency so you were going to be able to get you know uh, per kilowatt hour you're going to get much closer density uh to lithium than i mean I, I think lithium on their their page said like was 2.0 um and like i said i don't remember the 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 units they used and then this would make it from like 10 uh, of that unit down to like 2.6. So it was okay. going to put you really, really close, but it was by running a graphite sheet between sheet. the two. Yeah. Yeah. So. so yeah, like maybe a modification to yes. it where it enhances the, uh, then the watt hours per kilogram. So, right. yeah, I mean, yeah, if that, if that can be pulled off, that'd be great. You know, I mean, if that, that, that would be even more compelling, uh, cause right now you have a benchmark, right? It's hard to go backwards. I mean, you could argue that, okay, I have a lead battery. I have the lithium ion. I want something in between, you know, I mean, fine. But if you get something to match it, that'd be good. And so, um, and then the companies that were introducing it right now, there's, you know, a few companies that are out there, uh, that are bringing it, trying to, they're going to be bringing it to market. Um, they've introdu introduced it, uh, already supposedly this year already. I don't know if that's, that was a soft introduction or, you know, that's just to say we've made some prototypes right now. Um, but once it starts getting adopted, you know, um, we'll see how uh, the price will, will, will evolve in that regards. Yeah. Um, uh, um, JY Power. Uh, Jeffrey sent me something about JY Power. Why don't you uh, tell them what you were what you were uh, what you saw about JY Power, Jeff? Oh, um, it, essentially what it, it was basically I was looking through Facebook and um, we know Travis. Uh, JY yeah, Power, Travis he G. actually had a video uh, on the uh, JY Power Facebook uh, page talking about uh, sodium. Uh, well, uh, he had this, uh, he was doing tests on specific cells and how they react. Uh, he literally took a cell. Uh, I think one of the tests were overcharging it. Um, I, I, another test was the, the, the hammer and nail test where he literally hammered a nail into the cell um and then i think the other one was a, a just sh a short circuit where he just took a wire and put it on both ends and just kind of see the characteristics of how uh, a sodium battery i guess would would react and and he did mention a couple of characteristics in in, in the sense of okay at certain voltage levels uh say like 13 volts i think he mentioned you're not going to see that big of a trade-off switching to sodium um it, it's not until you hit higher voltages maybe 15 volts is when the, the trade-off starts paying off uh sodium versus uh lithium uh so to speak so um just checking it out uh i'm i'm still kind of playing catch up nowadays i'm still kind of you know learning about lithium and then now we're talking about sodium so um but uh you know coming from the old agm days where we would run 
Oh, yeah, we would train our batteries. batteries. Yeah, we would exactly. train the batteries, right? So mm -hmm. you overcharge them so that they would hold a higher uh, resting voltage and all that stuff. Because, yeah. mm -hmm. I mean, as you know, Kevin, um, takes power to make power, right? Uh, voltage times amperage creates your wattage. And, yeah. you know, and car stereo is all about how much wattage can you can, can, can you create. Um, so uh, here's the other thing. Uh, SQ Sounds was asking, so uh, with this new technology, would it be easier to dispose of the batteries versus, say, lithium? So we already know lead acid becomes toxic waste. What about a lead acid, AGM, and lithium ion? Yeah, so AGMs absorb glass mats, type of lead acid batteries. So lead acid is the hardest to recycle. You have the lead, you have to extract, you have the sulfuric acid, you have to treat. Um, the lithium battery mix, uh, there's now new processes that have come online um, that basically they can take all of the lithium ion batteries that are spent or finished up um, and they use what they call, uh, it's basically a chemical, wet chemical process. Um, it's a company in Nevada that's working on it right now called Redwood Materials. Um, and then there's a few other companies that have, that have adapted new processes in order to recycle the lithium ion batteries and extract uh, the lithium salts back out to make new batteries. So um, you're not dealing with sulfuric acid, you're not dealing with lead. Their process is self-contained. Um, so they're not, you know, they're not polluting the environment or anything like that from what I've heard um, and what I've read. Uh, so, I mean, it looks pretty compelling. Um, and so uh, with sodium ions, it's the same, same principle because you're dealing with, um, you know, sodium in terms of one part of, one, one part of the electrodes um, and then if there's any other rare earth materials that are used inside of it, um, they have processes now to extract it out. So if there's cobalt that needs to be extracted, then it'll be taken out. But, you know, they're not, they're probably going to minimize the use of those minerals that are in there. So basically to kind of recap is lead acid is actually the dirtiest battery to recycle by far. Okay. The lithium batteries, there was a lot of problems up until about five, four years ago to get stuff figured out in terms of how to recycle it, but they've addressed it. They've made self-contained systems, processes that does not, you know, pollute the environment and they can extract the items, uh, the, the minerals out of it. So they can adapt that the sodium ion batteries quite well. I, I, I don't see that to be a major issue. And the government's actually really pushing for that. They were thinking about that 20 years ago. So, um, and so they've really partnered up with companies out there uh, in that in that business, and there's actually there's a lot of recycling companies that are coming up about um, in the battery recycling. Uh, you know, I don't know if anyone in the audience is involved with recycling, um, but uh, you know that's something that's actually a growing business and growing market, and there's opportunities there where they're actually making that happen. So nothing is ending up in landfill. Um, I just want to clarify that. Yeah. So yeah, you're not going to see that and. Um, there's a lot of places where they can, will accept the batteries now. Um, and yeah. Okay. So, so with, what do they do with the re, uh, reclaimed lithium? Do they put them back into lithium batteries like they used to do with the lead? I mean, cause like lead, you can only do that so many times and you know, the, it, it gets less valuable at, you know, virgin lead obviously has a much higher charge than, you know, third, third cycle lead or whatever. Right. So, yeah, so, so in terms of thing? the, yeah. So the thing is with the, with the lithium. So basically the purity of the lithium, whatever that the recycled amount, you know, there's a percentage for which it has a certain degree of purity. Um, and that has a minimum standard they have to hit in order to put it back into the electrodes in a new battery. 
So they're always going to hit that percentage. All right. So they just, the, my point is you have to get a whole bunch of spent batteries right. to get the equivalent percentage to hit in order to make it work in a new battery. You cannot be less than an amount because the, the tests won't pass. So if you were to assemble it with something that is of less con less lithium content, the battery won't deliver its cycle life. It won't deliver its capacity, whatever it is, um, and fail. So um, whatever the min uh, materials that they're providing back to the battery industry is at that, it's guaranteed to be at that level. So there's nothing to be worried about there. Their issue on the recycling actually is getting enough lithium batteries to recycle because they have to get it to a certain level of purity to sell it back to the battery industry. So the company that's in Nevada, from what I was reading, they need a lot of batteries to finish up and come to that market. But because the electric vehicles just got introduced, it's gonna right. be a while till they get that stuff. Wow. So everything that's available right now is consumer stuff. Yeah. It's small batteries. And so that's the stuff like phones, whatever. Um, that's the stuff that's going there right now, probably. Um, you know, But once yeah. the electric vehicles are gonna be spent, their packs are huge. And there's a lot mm -hmm. more content versus getting like a hundred cell phone batteries to get the percentage of <laughs> lithium that they need, the, right. the amount to sell back to make the batteries. That was the issue that um, if you have a recycling business is you have to have enough stuff coming in every day, right? To, to make into new material. Yeah. I think that's kind of where a, a lot of the DIY guys were making these banks is, you that's know, right. they, were hitting, they were hitting the junkyards. They were, they were waiting yeah. for those, yeah, those Teslas to come in, the hybrids and, you know, and stuff like hybrids that. Hybrids and yep. stuff like that. And, you know, kind of take from them uh, and then, you know, kind of build their own stuff. So, yeah. And that's what's, so basically what's going to happen in, in the auto industry from what I'm hearing is there's basically end of life process where if the battery is done, it's going to go to that company or wherever, those companies that are setting up locations around the country. And it's just going to go there. They're going to extract the things, uh, the, the minerals out and, send it and sell the, uh, the pure uh, materials back into the market to make new batteries. So there's going to be a, I guess we call it cradle to the grave, you know, so they're going to, it's all going to be, it's, it's all figured out now. Mm. And that was the back end was the thing they couldn't figure out up until just recently. And now it's figured out. So now it's just a matter of scaling across the country. So, um, but we have to get the infrastructure. This is a different thing. Electric vehicles. They have to get the infrastructure. Oh, dude, California. So Jeffrey's from California. He moved mm -hmm. out to Texas, uh, just like a lot of Californians are doing <laughs> and businesses, you know, I'm sure your business has thought about it. Um, the only thing is a thing about in Santa Ana though, where you guys are located, you're so close to the port of LA to get materials and stuff like that. It's mm. so convenient, but man, I'm just saying, Texas is way more business friendly than California. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, we've been, I mean, we've been here for 13 years. So, um, you know, so it's hard, hard to move. <laughs> so. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, Doug, have you picked out your new electric car now that, uh, oh, yeah. Awesome is putting <laughs> an end to gas, <laughs> gas vehicles? So. Yes, my electric car is a 74 Trans Am that gets almost four to five miles to the gallon. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, because uh, when I bought that car, my son, uh, my son went on the test drive with me, and and he, he goes, yeah, you had a hard time keeping the wheels on the ground, because it, it's it's a Trans Am, it's a fun car, right? I bought it from the drag strip, so it it got up and got and went somewhere. Anyway, uh, he goes, he asked me, he goes, so what kind of gas mileage does it get? And I said, son, you don't you don't <laughs> ask about gas mileage when you buy this kind of a car. So. 
Um, but yeah, no, I am um, putting a stereo system in my Trans Am, and originally I was going to run the full throttle batteries, right? Once again, 96 pounds, and I was just literally going to place each battery over each one of my rear wheels for mm. weight distribution reasons for a car, right? And um, then this lithium-ion thing started happening, and man, I'm strongly considering, I mean, I, I'm not considering, I know I'm going to end up lithium-ion in my car eventually, so... Um, that's where it's going to be. The, uh, the lithium's gone, gotten so good now. People are using them for starting batteries um, and stuff like that. And that's not even an issue for uh, guys anymore. When it first came out, people were blowing them up because they didn't realize that you had to have compression on the cells. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I guess now the cells are you don't need the compression anymore for certain brands mm -hmm. of cells out there. So um, that's not one of the requirements for it anymore. Um, uh, lithium does, catches does on fire. sodium? Uh, do they require compression? Kevin? In terms of compressing the cells for operation? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't believe a, they do. A lot of the banks now, it's like you got this metal bracket, metal bracket, and then it's like this really long screw on both sides, and you just kind of compress them all together. So, yeah, if that? they're, I mean, if they're prismatic type cells that you have to assemble together, they have to be close enough in order to put your, your connections on it. Uh, we um, use bus bar. Bus bars, yeah. yeah. So if it has to be close enough, um, in order for you know you're not dealing with long lengths for any kind of voltage drop across your because you're dealing with high amperage. So you know if you have any yep. res, you know, losses across a long length, it can be a major problem um, at a very high amperage. So you're dealing with right. So yeah, you may you, you, everything has to be within close proximity to each other. Still. So, so here, 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 I'm just gonna help you out just so you have an understanding. My last car show I did, I clamped one amplifier in a guy's car of three, okay? He was running at 15.3 volts, right? So you can figure out his amperage, but he was running 13,700 and something watts. Wow. So if you want to do the math on that, there's a lot of amperage coming out of them batteries, right? Yeah. So um, that that just that that just gives you an idea of the kind of draw that yeah. we're trying to, and we wanted instantly in the car audio industry, right? Yeah, you need it instantly. Yeah, because um, the speed of light doesn't wait. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm getting texts from our next week's guest already. Doesn't she know that we're in a freaking in a podcast right now? All right. Anyway, sorry about that. Um, so when I was talking to Kevin about this and stuff, um, he said he believes the sodium ion has its place, but he thinks in the mobile uh, field of car audio or car audio, but uh, mobile mm -hmm. devices, he feels that they're going to go a different way. What, what, how mm -hmm. were you telling me that you were thinking or at least seeing the direction possibly going? So we were talking about solid state batteries too. I was, I, yeah, solid state type of battery where the electrolyte is not aqueous. It's not a gel inside of lithium. All the lithium ion batteries, the electrolyte material that separates the cathode and the electrode, um, which makes the ions go back and forth. It's like a gel or, or kind of a aqueous. Um, solid state is a pure solid in between. The battery has nothing, has nothing aqueous, nothing's flammable at all. It's purely inert and it also bends to any direction you want. So 
this could be something that uh, the industry is looking at. The auto industry is actually looking at solid state batteries. We're actually, uh, we spun off a separate company called Solid Energies, um, just focusing the past six years to make a, a solid state battery that looks like a prismatic cell. It's basically a pouch cell, but you can bend it and you can, uh, it doesn't need any external compression. Um, and a battery that could last like, you know, 5,000 plus charge cycles. Um, and then Man. you can stick a nail right through it and take it out. The battery still works. Nothing happens to it. It's actually pretty cool. We have some samples that we've already built. Um, and so this is another option. But the thing is, the material that they use in there is not sodium ion. It's still because of the energy density required for these particular applications. They want the a form of a lithium mix. Um, mm. But you could, I mean, I was thinking about it and I, and I talked to the team that you could potentially make it a sodium ion battery, but in a solid state form um, that could actually be shaped and formed in a different ways. So solid state batteries are another type of batteries that um, may be going down. We're going to see that over the next five to 10 years in conjunction with the sodium ion batteries as well. And then the lithium batteries will still be out there. The question is the price of lithium may, may change as a result if you know, the demand drops for it and then the sodium ion becomes but sodium is so abundant it doesn't matter it'll still be very cheap it's everywhere on earth um so you could get some price adjustments um uh, as demand falls for one and the, and the and the demand for the others goes up so we'll see some interesting things happening i mean i'm pretty it looks pretty good i mean the next i can tell you from like the time that when i started um the lithium iron phosphate technology came out like it was invented in the 1990s it came to commercial production around 20 09 2009 2010 and then now it's like about 13 years later and now it's kind of a de facto it's become very popular it's very established um and then the next entrants are gonna there's still gonna be other entrants coming in for new battery chemistries and i think with the sodium ion and then with the solid state batteries um the solid state batteries are being pushed by the auto industry that you know they really want some battery that's really really thin um has a very high energy density it's very, very, very ultra safe. Um, then they can put it for an electric vehicle um, because the cylindrical cells that are used in the traditional lithium batteries that are used in the Teslas and all kinds of electric cars right now, they have to do a lot of labor to make those battery packs. There's a lot of like uh, testing that's involved after the battery comes out. The rope, they integrated robotics now to make them to actually do the spot welding, but there's a lot of spot welds that have to be put in. Um, into the battery so if they figure that the battery can be made more easily kind of with these with these prismatic pouch type cells mostly pouch cells they can then get things assembled much more quickly um, and i would say that with the sodium ion batteries you know they can adapt it to to whatever package they want um, to make it work so it seems promising so what's the energy density of the solid state is it very similar to um, the lithium ion then or lighter or where we it's at? about 350 watt hours per kilogram so it's it's up there it's actually um, it's gonna be uh, actually a bit higher than what's on the market right now um, it's higher than lithium iron phosphate um, it's higher than uh, NMC type lithium ion batteries or NCM. This is gonna be something that's gonna be a bit more because the way it's being built. So 350 watt hours per kilogram is probably the, the threshold we'll, we'll see. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I mean- But it, the difference is they, it's, it's flexible and they can put it inside a door panels or- Yeah, they and can, it works down to minus 40 Celsius. 
which is like minus, uh, what is that? Minus 40 Celsius, like minus 13. I want to, I have to do the conversion right now. It's nine piss. <laughs> it's minus, it's the same Fahrenheit degree should be the same yeah. at that temperature, minus 40 Fahrenheit. So, oh. um, so battery that can work at super cold temperatures. Um, cause the auto industry is, that's one of the problems with the, oh, yeah. the batteries, you know, electric cars, they have to put thermal management around it. They have to run fluids yep. around it to maintain the temperature of the battery for it to work. Right. So this is a big issue right now in Northern climates because you got to heat up the battery to work correctly. It's not a big deal in California and the Southern States, but mm -hmm. up there they have a lot of, you know, the performance is always being checked. And if that thing don't work, you know, the battery fails, you know, it doesn't, it will just give you an error. The car doesn't go anywhere. So, <laughs> I mean, this is good. This is something they have to really, really cognizant about because, um, They've been selling a lot of electric vehicles, mostly in the warm climates, right? right. But now the other states are going to be getting them. Do they work as well in those states? Um, well, only if that thermal management works, right? So, yeah, I mean, it'd be hard to have a electric vehicle, say, in Minnesota or you know, or in you know, Canada or Alaska, right? Alaska, you'd be yeah. you'd be limited to so many times a year you can drive the damn thing. So. Yeah, I mean, you have to, the thermal management has to work at that temperature to heat up the battery. And it's a lot of other things you have to do a lot of workarounds to make it work. And so if, if you have a battery, like a solid state battery that actually works at the freezing temperatures, that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's awesome. So, um, so now that you have a good understanding of what like the car is, I'm sure you had one before. Um, you think the solid state is the direction the car audio is going to go or do you think it's going to be sitting in lithium for a long time to come or well you... it sounds like you need very high discharge currents very yeah. high amperage mm -hmm. bursts of current and mm -hmm. so you're looking for um you know a battery that can has the very the highest energy density um so the lithium is staying there in a solid state it could do that burst if it's a lithium mix. Now the sodium again is a lower energy density, but if they can modify it, perhaps with the separate, you know, this graphite sheet and there are other modifications to it and they can deliver the amperage that's comparable. Um, and that's something that uh, we have to check, wait and see. Um, but if it delivers the same bursts and the same amperage, then yeah, you could do the switch over to that as well. But the solid state based on the, the experiments, the prototypes that have been developed, they can, with the right lithium mix, they can deliver the high energy, uh, the high amperage, sorry, the power that's required yeah. um, that you would need. Yeah. So, so Jeffrey, in your no wall vehicle, if you had your choice between um, lithium ion, which is a defined size, or a solid state battery, which you can put anywhere inside your vehicle and flex it and do whatever and use it I, in my, so in my mind, I'm seeing it as a potential sound deadener as oh. uh, you know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So you would be able to fit that into your things because one of the things that I've learned about no wall vans is they really like a free air area behind the, mm -hmm. the box. Oh yeah. So, I mean, that definitely would be something to look into if you're looking to, you know, to place batteries in pla in areas to help create area within a vehicle, right? This is something I probably could have used in my uh, 
when I had my rabbit, when I won my first championship, yeah, we had a battery box underneath the vehicle that we had to weld a, a cage yep. to house all those, uh, you know, those eight volt batteries. Yeah, but eight volt uh, golf yeah. golf cart eight, batteries, golf okay. cart batteries, Trojans, baby, series <laughs> them up, get sixteen volts. But uh, nowadays, uh, you know, that's a thing of the past. But yeah, something like that. I, you know, uh, you wouldn't need to cut a hole in the back of your car to house uh you know batteries and stuff like that like you said it might have applications and have some kind of characteristics of sound dampening who who knows i mean it could be integrated sounds like it could be anyway yeah that's what i'm seeing um also so the other question i have for you kevin is so you have a real like i said you have the understanding of what we are looking for in the car audio market um is there um, is there like a battery that discharges faster than another one that may be better? But so here's the issue we had. AGMs would discharge super fast and they'd be great, but they don't recharge quick enough um, no. for your next note. Um, lithium tends to re to recover much faster than AGM did. Uh, is Where does solid state fit in that as far as recovery goes? It's equivalent with lithium, if not faster. Faster. So, yeah, it's actually Ooh, Jeffrey, we can go faster. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about ninety percent within, you know, a C. I mean, we're talking about a charge rate that within like twelve minutes to get to ninety-five percent charge. You know, for any mm. size battery, I mean, that's a big deal. Um, oh, yeah. So, as long as you have a, a charging system, I mean, we're talking about high voltage charging systems. Okay, so. Right because we're talking about electric vehicles. So if you wanted to charge this thing in, in like 12 minutes, you're going to need one of those uh, EV charging, you know, 230, 200, uh, sorry, 200, uh, what are they, 220 volts um, systems. So, and then so you just could potentially so you know. charge it up. <laughs> yeah. So just so you know, these guys, some of these guys have as much as like a hundred, hundred twenty thousand $120,000 into their stereo. Yeah. So buying a 220 volt charger is not their biggest issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're going to be, I would see things where they would be modified in order to charge the battery. Um, typically, the, I mean, these voltages you're dealing with are high voltage, but, you know, the depends, right? So there's a lot of things you could do. If you want the really high amperage charging side, you could go with that with those chargers um, on it. But there's a lot of options. So with the lithium ion and the solid state and whatnot, uh, like I said, so we have people all over the world that listen to this, Germany, Sweden, uh, Australia, New Zealand, Barbados, Trinidad. Um, how, so uh, I, I know particularly in Brazil, one of the people that watch this, uh, he has a hard time getting lithium. He literally just started getting it this year in Brazil. So with these other technologies, are they going to be slow to getting out to these other areas also? In terms of um, shipping? To market, I mean, right? yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it depends on kind of the – see, the thing about distribution of batteries, especially the, the getting the batteries to where they have to be is making sure there's enough – that's more of a channel partner thing where you have enough local partners in the country um, that can bring stuff in in terms of products. Um, you know, so, I mean, that's something that you have to have a dealers within, I mean, batteries are a type of product where you have to have local stock. Right. So yeah, that's the issue. I mean, it has to be, I mean, in foreign countries, um, 
if there's no dealers there, it's really hard. Um, and so it's well, really you need critical. a distributor to start with, right? Yeah. And then mm -hmm. a dealer network behind the distributor. Yeah. So if you want to really scale it, it's got to be distribution to to dealer. Though mm -hmm. manufacturers are doing a lot of dealer direct now. Um, oh. It's it's very it's becoming more common. Um, and so, but you could do dealer direct or you could have distribution. Yeah. So are, I I know your batteries are for boats in general on your page um do are they also for like golf carts or stuff like that too or so we have a uh, higher voltage batteries for golf carts we have a 48 volt configuration um yep. that we've adapted for the carts uh and then we're going to be introducing some newer models uh later this year um kind of basically kind of models that will be adapted a bit uh with with like a kit that has some information in terms of readouts and stuff like that so we're making some changes um, later this year, actually, uh, yeah. for that market. Uh, and and um, I don't know if you remember this wholly, but that was really my only critique of your battery that I the batteries that I have from yours. I absolutely love them. You guys aren't paying me. You aren't sponsoring any of this. I didn't get them from free for them. I'm nothing like that. <laughs> I'm just saying they they've been very good batteries for me. We had some issues at the beginning. Figured out it was a charger issue, not a battery issue. Uh, so once we got the, the charger replaced, no issues anymore. Um, uh, but my only critique was that it would be nice to have a, some kind of readout on it that would say, Hey, I'm 30%, I'm 20%, you know, especially when you're out on the uh, water. Um, now, now mind you, I bought enough battery that I can go nine hours on the water without even worry about draining my battery. So, <laughs> um, but it'd be nice to have the confidence that. I'm only, oh shoot, I'm only 30%, you know? Yeah, we, um, that's something we've, we're going to be adding. We actually have worked with uh, another channel partner of ours, um, uh, that has a meter, um, that can be used with the unit. It's called a shunt meter. Um, mm -hmm. and it sends stuff via Bluetooth to the phones. Um, so we do have that, uh, through one of our partners right now. So we've, oh, we're cool. adding more to the line. Yeah. And then we'll start adding it natively. Uh, as we go down uh, the rest of the year. Awesome. That kind of sounds like it'd be helpful in the car audio industry is having a, a you know, a percentage meter, you know, on our batteries. I, I know we have, uh, you know, voltage Volt readouts. Yeah. And it just tells us how many volts it is, but uh, how much longer, how much percentage it is. Yeah. The only issue is they're only handle up to like, I think they're limited to maybe, um, 300 amps that's the issue so oh, yeah, that, that's not amps. <laughs> yeah so the shunts cannot fit, you know handle anything higher through it right now that's the thing hey, hey jeffrey i think we wanted to leave a little time for this question why don't you hit him with uh the question we talked about with all our guests so go ahead ah okay uh it's going to be an interesting take because i uh, i don't think kevin is really uh in the uh, car audio industry so it'd be kind of an interesting uh answer here for Kevin. <laughs> so Kevin, basically, there's a, a question that we ask all of our guests is basically we want to know what your definition of a base head is. Um, definition so, of a base head. Uh, yes. So for us, a base head in general is that guy that go, drives around. So the so yeah, more of not your definition, but what your thoughts are on yeah. the loud stereo guys. I mean, in our world, um, we typically see it as therapy. Uh, this is our opportunity to just get lost mm -hmm. in our, 
in our hobby and our love of what we do. Um, I, but, I like to see it sometimes as being a, a testosterone-based, uh, yeah, you know, sport, kind of uh, like your sport, video, if you will. Yeah, kind of like the video, or you know, like uh, yeah, I'm, I got this big bad system. I'm gonna go down the block. You could hear me for miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, type thing. And then yeah. when when you equate it to, or or you compare it to competitions, it's like you know, I, I got the bigger system. Uh, you know, the more, you know, testicular driven. <laughs> I guess you could say. But uh, that's another take on that. Yeah, but well, what are your thoughts on the? The Loud people that that and... that participate in that, as as an I think it's creative. I I I, I find it. And I like. I mean, I enjoy um, anything that's creative or unique. I mean, that's that's my thought on it. So, it's. I mean, you guys put a lot into it in terms of investment and you know making it work. A lot of DIY, and so I certainly appreciate that. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. And um, I mean, I like to look at a lot of technical things and a lot of cool stuff. So. I mean, you got a lot of really amazing speakers, amps. You got the power, everything. Uh, the way that you've done all the work, and I was looking at some photos before, um, before on the call to see what it looked, what it looked looked like, and it, I mean, it looks pretty intricate. Um, and I think it looks looks great. So, so from an engineering aspect, um, you got to understand. I mean, you obviously know uh, air is water, right? So that's how I envision this stuff. So we are taking these systems. Um, I don't know how much you know about decibel levels, but they're saying, so the loudest thing recorded on earth prior to car stereo competition uh, uh, in the atmosphere was the space shuttle launch at just over 180 dB. Okay, we now have, and so every three dBs is double the acoustic double. energy, mm -hmm. right? And it's exponential, right? So it's an exponential curve. Right now, I believe the loudest car we've seen is what 186.3, Jeffrey. Wow, yeah, <laughs> so 6.3 dBs louder than a space shuttle launch, right? Wow, so I mean, it, I mean, when you're talking on an exponential curve and you're at 180, I mean, you're at the, the peak of the curve, you know, how yeah. far that I mean, how much further up you go up that exponential curve just to get double one time, yeah, and you've yeah. doubled it twice. Um, wow. We're blowing out front windshields. We're blowing out <laughs> side windows on these cars, um, and we're all doing it with just just acoustical energy. Yeah. And, and from an engineering aspect, I think that's just so cool. I mean, the the physics behind it is just I, like I said. I I enjoy it to probably a little too much, like most <laughs> of the people listening to this podcast, right? So. <laughs> Um, but that's great. Yeah, I, I, I'd invite you to, you know, uh, get on Jeffrey's uh, Facebook or uh, Boomin Audio, right, Jeffrey? Yeah, Boomin Audio competitions. Um, he has a bunch of competitions down there in LA area. Um, you know, um, mostly he he does quite a bit down in Santa Ana area, but he does okay. come up. He or not? I'm sorry, not Santa Ana, uh, San Diego. Uh, San but he Diego. does come up to Riverside area, which isn't too bad for you. And uh, I would invite you to come and uh, check one of those out one of these times. Um, <laughs> Definitely. Uh, SQ Sounds, uh, that's Tristan out of Barbados. He says, hey, looks like we have a future base head right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, hey, I'm telling you, it's like crack. Once you start doing it, <laughs> it, it, it's hard to get rid of. Uh, you, you start spending a lot of money and a lot of time learning stuff. Um, 
and you can always just like I mean, I'm sure you have the same issue in batteries, right? Uh, you spend all your time and money designing it on a computer, but until you actually build it mm -hmm. and test it, you don't know what it's yeah. going to do. Yeah. Now, that's the thing about batteries is you have to, in our industry, it's actually, there's a lot of testing, hundred percent inspection for the, for all of it. And you have to, yeah, there's a lot of stuff you have to check for a battery. So it's just the way it is. Yeah. No, that, that's cool. Uh, Tristan says, uh, Kevin, look in your camera, say base head three times. In a, with oh, a Frankenstein no. laugh. <laughs> Is that like Bloody Mary? No. <laughs> magically become one. No, that's awesome. So, hey, Kevin, how do people get a hold of you? Check out your products if they want to, you know, because we do have quite a few people that are like bass fishermen and stuff like that, that they have other hobbies. Um, but how would somebody get a hold of you? Check out your stuff. Like I said, the Tristan, he does like golf carts every once in a while because he's on an mm -hmm. island. So stuff like that. Where, where would they find you? And look so it's uh, bioenopower.com, uh, B-I-O-E-N-N-O-P-O-W-E-R.com. And um, phone numbers on the website um, as well. And they can email through the site. And then just when you send an email, just say attention, Kevin, um, if you have any questions. And and as you guys have seen tonight, uh, part of the reason I actually asked Kevin on was because I wanted to talk to somebody that, in, in my opinion, um, he speaks plainly about what it is so that it can be understood by the layperson. Hopefully, Jeffrey, did you – I mean, because I don't know what you guys don't know, so I have a physics <laughs> background, right? Obviously, he's got an engineering background. So did you feel it was explained in a manner that was understandable, Jeff? Yeah, and, and you know what? I'm really excited to see a lot of these innovations with uh, sodium ion and see how they're going to apply to you know car audio. We've kind of kind of scratching the surface. Well, I, I'm sure there's been studies you know throughout the years, but as far as maybe you know coming soon to a, a vehicle near you, I'm really hey, excited about hey, it. Hey, remember Jeff when we yeah. first got into this? A thousand watts was the big daddy <laughs> in amplifiers. <laughs> Now we got yeah. guys that are running, you know, whether they run in the 20,000 watts, they have like 10 of them in their car, right? At 20,000 yeah. watts each. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Um, you know, and the biggest, baddest alternator on the planet was 200 amps. And now people are running 400 <laughs> amp alternators, Multiple four of them in their car, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the kind of insane engineering. And, and you got to figure, right, uh, even when you start doing that, all of that stuff's got to fit together and then work together. So. Yeah. Um, in general, the people that participate in this hobby at the high levels where Jeffrey and I judge, <laughs> um, they ain't stupid. <laughs> so, uh, which is awesome. So I, like I said, I really, really like this. And to be honest with everybody out there, this was really more for me. Um, I kind of geek on this stuff. I thought it would be <laughs> awesome to learn about these new batteries, especially after reading the technical papers uh, from that one company. And I think it may have even been Redwood that I saw the mm. um, that technical paper from. And uh, that, like I said, I just think it's, I think the way the industry's going and, and what I've seen over the last 20 years has been phenomenal. I can't imagine what Mike Jaffe saw over his entire lifetime. I mean, he's been involved in stereo since the late 60s, mm. you know? I mean, what what has car audio done since 1968 to now, right? It's yeah. just phenomenal the kind of things that the industry has created. Technology, yeah. Um, but anyway, hey, once again, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Puns Customs and Crossfire Car Audio. Without their support, it would be difficult to do this show, but we do appreciate them. Um, I'd like to thank our guest, 
Kevin Z. Uh, Kevin, like I said, really good guy. He's been very helpful uh, when I was going through the issues when we had to figure out it was the um, charger, not the battery. Um, he, he was patient with me. I was sending him a bunch of uh, a bunch of different videos and text and all that, and we got it worked out. Um, I think both of us were on the same plane of, hey, we just want this to work properly. So, and if we find something in the process of me looking for and getting it fixed, it may help him and his customers out in the future also. So, Kevin, thank you. You did a great job. We appreciate you. Um, you can check him out at BioNO Power. Jeffrey, he's got his 3X coming up this weekend at yes. uh, Crossfire Car Audio at the factory there. Yep. Um, you know, them trying to get them damn points. Um, <laughs> bastards. Moses is hating on you guys. I'm just saying. Um, uh, Tristan SQ Sound says, Kevin, you did an awesome job, job explaining. Thank you. Um, appreciate it thank you uh like i said these guys are great they're going to end up following oh is there any social media that they can follow the bioinno stuff at or yeah we have the bioinno power uh facebook page instagram um and then youtube we're going to be updating a lot of it uh this year so we're making some updates and then uh we post a lot of review videos on youtube because we find that to be very effective um because this type of uh product you know it's actually better to watch videos so on Bionic Power's YouTube search, you'll find a lot. So, um, and we're going to be uploading a lot more. I mean, there's already a lot of videos up already posted. We're going to upload, we're going to have more videos posted uh, this year as well. Awesome. All right, uh, Jeffrey. Hey, thanks for popping in again this week. Sure. Um, remember, we got Autorama coming up. When else do you get 30,000 people that pay $20 a piece, dumbasses? But hey, they want to pay 20 bucks a piece to come in and check us <laughs> out. That's awesome. Yeah. 30,000 people, they stick us right by the front gate. You'll never get that opportunity anywhere but Autorama. Uh, so if you guys want to come and show off your stereo systems, come and do that there. This is a great opportunity. Um, it's a 5X weekend. We got a 2X on Saturday, 3X on Sunday. You guys can set new world records. Next week on the show, we'll have Kayla Sickles. Um, I got to look up what her com competition name is. It's like base girl Kayla or something like that anyway so she now oh, currently okay. has the record um, yeah. she has the world record in um, the OG class right did she do the OG class yes so. yes she was the, the OG, OG class, class. Uh, <laughs> so 10,000 watt class of super street she is current world record holder and she's gonna come on and talk to us about women in the car audio industry and going to shows and um, you know she's new to this and and she really enjoys it, and she's going to share her uh, passion and enthusiasm with the rest of us. Nice. So, um, hey, guys, we'll see you again next week. Same time, same bat channel, uh, <laughs> 5.30 California time. Once again, the only time that does matter. But uh, we will see you guys next week on This Week in Car Audio. We're out of here. Peace.